The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling with your host Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. through the castle chambers with sounds of spirits howling. All candlelight and fires flickered with communications easy to read on this unusual night of beckoning. The salamander spirits of fire leapt for joy in the central fireplace of the great hall. A new babe was about to be born. The kingdom scurried about with anxiety and excitement. Elaine, daughter of a nobleman, sister of the cauldron, and mother of magic, was about to give birth to a bastard babe. No one knew who the father was, and Elaine in her gentle demeanor and smiling self-confidence remained silent. The torches flickered and dripped wax along the corridors. Sounds of a woman screaming and muffled voices echoed down the hallway. Elaine gripped the wrist of her midwife and pushed again, Her breathing was heavy and her crying more intense as she felt her flesh ripping. The crown of the baby's head was visible. Even now at the birth of her first child, she would not divulge the name of its father. This was unusual for a noble lady of the court. So unusual that it had been the favorite subject whispered behind closed doors in the castle for many months. Everyone wanted to know who the father was, and Elaine remained resolute. Stay strong, my lady, push, Mariah demanded. Elaine shrieked with pain. The bedclothes and coverlets were stained with blood and drenched with sweat. 
The full head of the baby now emerging was misshapen and strangely discolored in patches. The ears were pointed and odd. The midwife's eyes widened. She nodded her alarm to the other ladies waiting upon her, and they stared in disbelief as the baby slipped from the wounded opening between Elaine's thighs. The umbilical cord was swiftly tied off and cut. Slapping the baby's bottom was its welcome into the cold bedchamber, and a new life had begun. The nurse wiping blood from the boy's body noticed that his entire body was covered with odd markings, darkened patches of skin, and his ears were unmistakably pointed. It's a changeling, whispered the midwife, turning her back on the mother and taking the child away. It's a changeling, to be sure. She trembled with repulsion, keeping the boy at arm's length. Bring me my baby, said Elaine, straining to lift herself up. Ah, it's a fine baby boy, declared Mariah, as she turned back to Elaine, who was relieved that the throbbing pain was now over and that she had lived through the birth. Bring him to me, said Elaine, limply. I want to see him. Now there, my lady, he's not ready yet. He hasn't been properly greeted, the midwife's assistant, reached for her bottles and anointed the boy, whispering her spell of protection. Bring him to me, The effort of her words caused a further gush of purple blood to flow upon the soiled rushes. Now, Elaine, I who was at your own birth know best what is right for you, Mariah said sternly. Be still. The two ladies attending finished their spells, bathed the boy's body in warm milk and swaddled it snugly in clean linen. The wet nurse concealed the baby in her arms and turned away, saying, I shall nurse the boy, my lady. Peace be with you tonight, and began to walk away. No, shouted Elaine. I shall nurse him. Bring him to me. Reluctantly, the nurse turned to Mariah, who nodded in agreement. She brought the baby to Elaine and lifting her upon some freshened pillows. The mother smiled and began to laugh and cry at the same time. My boy! My odd little boy. She looked upon him as if he were the most beautiful boy in the world. The nurses looked at each other in amazement. What a special boy you must be, Elaine gleamed with pride. Her tears splashed upon the boy's forehead, and the baby cried. As she wiped the tears from its patchy face, the eyes began to open. They were slightly slanted and flashing an amber-yellow color. Elaine was delighted. Ah, the eyes of a mighty falcon, she purred. I shall call you Merlin. Hello, and welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. I'm your host, Maria Danley, and I'm honored to be with all of you today. And thank you for listening. I started the show today with my rendition of The Birth of Merlin in this time of winter solstice when the veils between the seasons are thin and magic abounds at this time of celebration. We will hear more about Merlin's childhood and heritage next week as the story continues. The winter solstice marks the official opening of winter when nights are longer. It's a good time to turn inward and be more reflective, especially as one year is ending and another one is beginning. And for you, legendary leaders, it's a good time to look back over the past year to acknowledge and celebrate all of your successes. 
to celebrate the changes that occurred and to forgive yourself for those challenges that may not have gone the way that you wished. It's also a good time of reflection to list all of the things that you are grateful for in this past year and also to celebrate the possibilities and opportunities that are ahead for you, celebrating their happening before they actually do happen. The outline for today is that I'm going to give you a great brain tool, a technique that I actually use. It will help you to set up and to manifest your priorities. This is the time of the year when many of you are planning and dreaming about what you want for next year. This technique will help you to get clear about what you really do want to manifest next year, those de- the desires and the dreams that will most likely happen in 2015. We'll start there. And then also later in the show, I'm going to launch a new series of radio segments that are designed to give you the foundational toolkit that you need to rewire the old programming in your brain, that old wiring that has been holding you back from accomplishing what you want. These segments that will be coming in the future are comprised of the foundational work that I take all of my private coaching clients through to help catapult their personal growth to a higher octave of success. Our focus today is on coming home to self, part one. We'll be working with your inner child. How to work with your inner child, how to love them so that you can find and free up your inner adult who is the only one who can genuinely pursue your higher calling. And then I'm going to coach one of you live on the air. We'll be taking calls and show you how to work with the inner child. And then if there's time, we'll take other calls as well from anyone who would like to have some coaching from me live on the air. Um, The phone number for that when you call in later will be 866-472-5795. And uh, just a reminder for some of you that if you have questions about anything that is going on in your life and you would like answers from your higher self, please join us today and get your questions answered. I have the gift of being able to communicate directly with your higher self, and I relay answers to your questions each week for one hour after our radio show ends. And if you'd like to join us, please go to legendaryleaders.com. You can go there right now. And as you're listening to the show, you can still sign up for today's free hour of channeling in our tele-channeling call that will start 10 minutes after the end of the show at 2.10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So how do we set priorities? How do we manifest those priorities? I guess my question to you would be, do you have a lot of dreams and plans in many areas of your life and you don't know how to make them all happen? Well, join the club. That's Most of us have that issue. One of the areas to consider of why that's hard to manifest all these different things is that maybe you just don't know what your priorities are. Maybe they're just diffused because you have too many focuses you're trying to do at the same time. When what you really want to do is focus your energy on just a few priorities that really have the most meaning for you. So today's brain tool is going to, I'm going to be giving you a technique. And this is a great technique to get clear on your priorities. It gives you a laser focus on your magic so that you can get what you want. I call it the how to set and manifest your priorities technique. Now, it may sound a little complex. So if you get confused, please come back to the recording and you'll understand when I start telling you how to do this. You can always come back to the radio show today and listen to it again. It will make sense. But this is a powerful technique, and it really does work. 
the way it'll work is you get two pieces of paper and you're going to start listing all the things that you want to manifest this next year. All the things in any area can be in health, relationships, finances, anything. And you start writing them out. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have any order in the priority yet. You just want to start listing them. Small things, large things, it doesn't matter. No priority. And write down 10 things, 20, 30, or more. And once you have your list, go through the list and actually number them, 1 through 30, 100, whatever number you have. It's important. That's why I like lined paper for this. So I do actually have them in order of uh, just numbered. I mean, not in any particular order. That's what we're going to do next. And the way that this works, you take number one on the list and you compare it to your second desire on the list and ask yourself, if I could only have one of these, which one is more important to me? Which one has the most energy for me or which do I desire the most? And let's say now number one on your list is more important than number two. So then you compare number one to number three and you still decide, hmm, number one is more important to me. So you keep going down the list until you get to one, let's say number seven, that is more important to you than number one. At that point, you just leave number one for a moment and you take number seven And you keep going down the list because up to this point, number seven is the most important one on your list. So now you compare number seven with number eight and number nine. And let's say seven is more important than everything else on the rest of the list. So with your new piece of paper, you take that piece of paper and you write whatever that desire is, the number seven, up at the top of the new list because it's the most important one to you. Now you come back to the first list and you start again with number one, and you compare it to number three, I mean to number two and then number three, etc., asking yourself the same question, if I could only have one of these, which one is more important to me? And as you go down the list, let's say that number one is the most important one after you've gone through the entire list. So what you do now is you take number one and you put it as number two on that new, the new list, the second piece of paper. If you're confused, it's okay. Just go back and hear the recording. (laughs) This will make sense. Now you go back again. So far, you still have your list, and you'll notice that number one and number seven have been copied onto that second list. So you begin again. This time you're taking number two, and you compare it to number three, number four, etc. And again, let's say maybe number 14 is more important to you now than number two. And number 14 makes it through the rest of the list, is the most important one on the list. So now you take number 14, and it becomes now number three on that new list. You understand how we're doing this. And you're going to keep repeating this process until you have your top five priorities written in their order on that new list. And when you've done that, you are done. It takes a bit of time to do that, but it really does help you to get clear on what your priorities are. And the good news here is that once you have your five priorities, when you know what your dreams, your top five dreams for the next year will be, you'll be able to then meditate on these, do your magic, work visualization techniques that you know. And by the way, if you don't have good visualization techniques, I will be teaching you some great ones coming up soon. But the good news here is that now that you know your priorities, and they are much more they are going to be much more likely to happen. Because one of the laws of metaphysics is that when you are really clear on your priorities, 
they are more likely to happen. So that's the technique. I know it's more complex, probably more than others I'm going to give you. But I thought with the new year, wouldn't it be wonderful to really start knowing your priorities, getting them set, and you can laser your focus so that they can happen. So that's the beginning of where we start today. And now we're going to turn to what I would call as launching this part one of a foundational toolkit, a foundational toolkit that we have here. Um, the foundational toolkit that I say, this is, this is how I work with many of my coaching clients. And often when I'm working with my clients, I realize that many of them need to have just a foundation to get them going to become legendary leaders. It's also the foundation that I use to help them rewire their brains from the past programming that they picked up in childhood. And this is how I start. I usually begin by helping my clients to decipher the voices in their head. And today we're focusing on this one area of the inner child. The big picture on this really starts off by saying that one of the big differences I would say between the old paradigm and the new paradigm is that people in the future will be much more aware that they are not just one person, but they are many. (laughs) We all have an idea that we're just one single person and life is linear and we're all moving along this line, but it gets more complex than that. We're actually many beings inside of us. And that can sound confusing, but it actually gets easier when you start to learn how to decipher the different voices in your head. And as we are moving into a new world that's moving away from the idea that life is only linear, you know, just that you're one person with a beginning, a middle, and an end, it's actually more useful to you as a leader to realize that you are more like a committee. You're CEO with an inner board of directors. And I like to say, because it simplifies it, that if you think of yourself as CEO, put your name in, Inc. So I'm CEO, Maria Danley, Inc. That I have a certain number of board of directors. They're usually the voices in my head that are are there the most, most often. And for most of us, that often is a child. The you that was alive when you were a child, four, five, six years old, an adolescent, a young teenager or an older teenager. There's also a voice of negativity in your head. And we'll be talking a lot about this in in another um, episode, or I should say another segment of the show. I I call this voice of negativity your negative ego. It's one of the voices that trips us up the most and keeps us from having what we want. And I'll show you how to work with it. That's very, very effective. You have a young adult often a nurturing parent inside of you, a future self, a higher self. And many of these sound a bit confusing. We'll go through them one by one. But becoming whole, coming home to yourself, it really is your responsibility. It's your responsibility as a spiritual adult to go find the parts of yourself that are still in pain, that are still stuck in the past, it's, it's as if a good way to put it is there are parts of you that are stuck in different time-space realities and they're waiting to be rescued. Now, when you hear that thought, do you find yourself still hoping, let's say, 
many of you women out there are hoping perhaps to be rescued by a man. I wish someone would come along and just marry me and take care of my responsibilities and then I won't have to worry about them. We all feel that way from time to time, sometimes more often than others. Or maybe you men out there really wish that you had a woman who would come along and just make life easier for you, take care of your needs, etc. Well, being a spiritual adult, part of that is that we are, in a sense, the only one who can rescue these parts of ourself. We can't expect that from a partner, a spouse, a friend. And so part of be, this being a legendary leader is, is the you who is going to find these parts of self, bring them home through love, and I'm going to show you how to do this, so that all that energy returns home and becomes unified, becomes, let's say, aligned with you. And when that happens, you can be operating, working in your adult most of the time, and life starts to get really fun, fluid, and successful. So let's say, and you can think about this for a moment, as we start with the <clears throat> inner child. I'm going to, and as I say in a while, be coaching one of you on, on how to work with your inner child, and you'll see how I do it. There are ways to talk to that child. But the inner child usually is the part of you, definitely the child in you, who wants love. Most of us have had childhood experiences that were, were tough. Sometimes we felt lonely. Sometimes we felt misunderstood or we didn't get what we wanted. Or, or there, some of us really went through some abuse at that time. This child is still alive today as much as ever for each of us. And even those of you who say, I've done so much work with my inner child, or I've been in therapy for years, there may still be places where the child is still caught or in pain. And I'll show you how we're going to work with that as I do my coaching demo coming up shortly. So this is how I recommend all of you to start. And I will say this, in this series of foundational toolkit that we're going to be doing, I would say that if you will do the homework I suggest, and, and you'll follow it as I say, it can create a miraculous success for you. It can help you have a new beginning and a second chance. Certainly in this new year, we all know we have a new year coming. But what does that mean to have a new beginning in life, a, new, a second chance? I started working this way with my clients when I noticed so many of them were going through big changes. They either had lost jobs or had lost a spouse or were going through divorce. Their kids were leaving home. Some of them had health challenges. Everybody seemed to be going through the life that they were living was coming somehow to an end. And a new life was going to begin. And they wanted these tools. They wanted some, let's say, ways to make this transition from a life that they were leaving into a new life. And I call this new beginnings and second chances. We all can have a new beginning and second chance, especially when we do the work of rewiring our inner brain, <clears throat> the programming that we picked up from childhood, which is what you legendary leaders do. So to begin this homework, I suggest each of you to please get pictures of yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, pictures of yourself in childhood. If you have a picture, let's say maybe when you're five years old, maybe some of you have one or two pictures, maybe many, and start off by gathering those pictures around you. And then as you look at that child, see how sweet they are. And, and how innocent they are, or, or how much pain they're in. Whatever may you notice in those photographs, just spend time looking at them, thinking about them. 
And then I suggest that you actually write a letter, a love letter to this child. Dear so-and-so, my nickname as a child was Mimi. Dear Mimi, I know that you're hanging out in pain. I know that I haven't connected with you, and I want to connect with you and find you. Please forgive me for taking so long before I connected with you. Love and put your name in. And this will begin the process for you. And once you do that, you can also write. Another technique to get you in touch with your inner child is to write about that time. The joys of it, the fun of it, the things that stood out for you. Or perhaps some of the things that were really difficult for you. I've had clients who have had alcoholic parents. I've had other clients who were asked to grow up too quickly. The mother or father was away or incapable, and they needed to grow up quickly, and all of a sudden they were in charge when they really couldn't handle that level of responsibility. We all have our own defenses, our own ways that we avoid pain. We have our ways that we try and hang out and and feel safe. The point being here is that parts of us are still hanging out there, and that energy is still trapped there as well. What's coming up next is really going to be more about how do we actually find that inner child and work with them. I'm going to be doing, as I say, a coaching demo. If you would like for me to call uh, to coach you live, then I would ask you to please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. Nine five, And we will be able to take the call. And I'm going to coach one of you first more, at, let's say, for a longer period of time to show what I'm doing. And if we still have time at the end, I'll, I'll coach more of you. So please make that call. And as I say, coming up next, we're going to um, be taking live calls and reconnecting with your inner child. So if you'd like coaching for me, please call that number. One last time, 866-472-5795. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you. are listening to Legendary Leaders with Maria Danley. 
To receive the answer to your most burning question, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Now, let's return to Legendary Leaders. Hello and welcome back. We're talking to, about your inner child and how to coach them or how to love them. And we have Helen on the call from Oregon. And um, Helen, hello. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm just fine. And, and thank you for calling in. Thank uh, you for you, taking my call. Well, it's anonymous. And at the same time, we will be doing some deep inner work here. I'm happy to, to be on the call. So I'm, I would bet that you're probably aware that maybe that child part of you still needs some kind of healing. Is that accurate? That would be accurate, yes. Okay. And what do, you, what do you know about this child? When you describe that you around five years old, when you think of that Helen, what, what, what comes to mind for you? Um, there's a sense of panic, always of kind of a hurry up, hurry up, hurry up kind of sense of panic. And, and the not being allowed or she, she's not allowed to stop and figure out what she wants. Okay, so a lot of energy pushing. I'm noticing, Helen, you're still a little muffly. Can you maybe... Am I? Uh, okay. Can Let me you, see what I can do to... I wonder if there's a better way to, um, to just be a little clearer. Maybe it's too close to the, the phone piece or anything. Okay. Well, so this sense of pushing urgency is what you're saying. Yes. Is that correct? So yeah. let's let's go find and work with that child. So what I'd like you to do, Helen, is to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And just gently, as you're closing your eyes, feel your feet on the floor if you're se- seated there. This isn't a meditation. It's just a visualization. Mm-hmm. I wa- want you to just feel yourself relaxing. If you need to take a couple of deep breaths, please do. And. Feel any energy in terms of anxiety. Just let that drain into the floor and feel yourself relaxing and okay. letting go. Mm-hmm. And actually, you don't have to answer me until I ask you to answer. Just stay with the visualization for a moment. You'll have plenty of time to talk. But for right now, just go a bit deeper. And what I'd like you to do is you relax and sense yourself just relaxing. Maybe I know you're live on the air, but you are anonymous. Bring, start to bring up images. Your subconscious hears me clearly. Images of you when you were around five years old, five, six, maybe in childhood, a difficult time, maybe not. But I'd like you to bring up an image of that child inside of you. And notice where they are, what image comes to mind. Are they in their bedroom, outside? Where do you see that child? In a school classroom, kindergarten classroom. Okay. So what it, we're, we're magicians here. What I'd like you to do is find a way to isolate or not isolate her. That's the wrong word. But we'd like her to be alone. So let your okay. brain just gently move her either into a bedroom or a place she likes to hide or be on her own, but some place where you can be alone with her. And now what, okay. do you not- now what do you notice? Where is she now? Um, I just moved her outside of the classroom, outside the playground, where okay. there, you know, no kids are playing. Okay. And what we'll do, just imagine bubbling this scene in a bit of white light so that you have a bubble of protection. There won't be kids running in or teachers calling or any of that, okay? All right. 
Okay. And she doesn't see you yet, Helen, but as you watch her in this visualization, what do you notice about her? Her attitude, her demeanor, what's going on as you just notice her? She's just kind of looking around like, um, she doesn't seem afraid, but really more confused. Mm -hmm. Not afraid, but a bit confused. And I say not afraid because she seems to be, she seems to have a a straight posture and her arms are at her side and, you know, but, but mm-hmm. she's kind of, her eyes are kind of wide. Okay. And you, you look at her hair and her soft skin and just, just get a sense of that child. This child is longing for more love. Most children are. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a moment, Helen, you're going to step into the scene and you're, you're going to magically appear before her. And you'll say hello to her, and I want you to, um, I'm going to help coach you a little bit on how to speak to her. Sometimes we'll say pause, and it'll be like, um, just to prep you on this, when you pause, it'd be like pausing a tape recorder or something if I need to talk to you. But for the most part, I'll be showing you how to speak to her. They need a, They have a certain way that they like to be talked to, and I'm going to show you how to do that. But in a moment, you'll step into the scene. She'll see you, and I'd like you just to introduce yourself and say, Hi, I'm your future self, okay? Mm-hmm. And do that when you feel comfortable. Okay. And do you want me to repeat these things out loud? Yes, if you would. It just would help. Oh, you. yes. Hi. Hi, Helen. I'm your future self. I'm your grown-up self. Great. And just look over there. What's her reaction when she sees you? She's smiling. She's smiling. Good. So ask permission. Is is it all right if I talk to you? Yeah, is it okay if I talk to you? And she's already really excited. She's excited. Okay. Is she hugging you? Is she standing back? What is her reaction? Um, um, she, she's... Resisting hugging me, but she wants to, it seems like. Okay. And you may need she to had, kneel she down. She recently had oh. an experience hugging an adult, and she got in trouble for it. So. Oh, I see. So you can let her know it's okay to hug me if okay. you'd like. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Come and give me a hug. Yeah. Okay. Now, when she comes and hugs you, if she does, again, just feel what it feels like to feel that child her warmth, the, the smoothness of her skin, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Helen, I'd like you to make eye contact with her, even if you're making it up and you don't actually see it, but make eye contact with her. Mm-hmm. And an important thing to do with the inner child is acknowledgement. And acknowledgement is when you, st- when you say statements that are just true, statements the child is longing to hear. So something like, you are such a sweet girl. You're so smart. And you don't have to run them all quickly together. They can be slow. What is this child longing to hear from you? You are. You are such a wonderful girl. Mm-hmm. You're, you're so loving. Now I'm going to pause a moment. Let me ask you this, Helen. I notice your heart is not quite open. Are you aware of that? No. Okay, just imagine you're taking a a lever or a a gauge and you're going to open up just a little bit more, 100% or whatever. And this is heart to heart, eyes to eyes, just connect a little bit more. You're doing just fine. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. So you, um, you, 
You are so smart. Beautiful. And I know how much you want affection. Pause. Good, good, good. Now look over there. What's her reaction to that? She's just kind of listening. She's she's still kind of got, I mean, I'm looking eye to eye with her, but she's, we're touching each other. Mm-hmm. And um, she's just looking like, yes, this is, this is it. I mean, this is what I've, is what I want. Okay. So you have this connection with her and ask her, what do you want? What do you want right now? She can have anything. Okay. Helen, you can have anything you want right now. What do you want? I, I get a couple different things. One is um, she wants a doll. She wants a new doll. <laughs> Great. Um, and she wants the other girl in the class to be friends with her, this particular girl. I won't mention her name. But... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the doll, just ask her if it's a very, just ask her if she knows exactly what kind of doll or maybe you reach out be- behind you and there's a package and it turns out to be the doll she wants. Okay, that would be good. Ask I know what it is. It's a, a Chatty Cathy doll. A Chatty Cathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not even in a box. It's already open and has a beautiful dress on. And Okay. And what's her crazy. reaction What's her reaction receiving Chatty Cathy? <laughs> She's very excited. Oh, good. Good, good. And you can let her play with that. And um, ask her, does she want to be with this little girl now? Or would she... Because uh, you want to show her a magical world that is all her own. And ask her, would she like to come with you in, in, in this to see this magical world, or would she like to play with her new friend? What would she prefer? Um, she'd like to, to. She's not, the other girl doesn't seem as important in this moment now that she has this new doll. She'd like to bring the new doll and see the magical world. That would be good. Okay, and th- for all of you listeners out there, what you're doing is that in rewiring the brain, we're pausing just for a moment, um, I'm she's sure your little girl's happy playing with Chatty Cathy. Mm-hmm. Um, in what we're doing when you're rewiring the brain is that the brain does not know the difference between what it imagines and what it experiences in real life. So when you go inside and you find parts of you that are in pain and you start giving them what they need and they, what they want, the love, the experience, the safety, the security, whatever, you're actually rewiring the brain. The brain is actually growing new neural pathways and it starts healing itself very beautifully. So, so that's giving you context for what we're doing. Okay. And com- Now coming back to you, Helen, you, I want you to look over there. Maybe there's a tree in the, in the playground there or um, behind the swings or some kind of a portal. You can make it up and you say, come on along with me and you're going to take her to that opening in a tree or maybe there's that hidden door in the side of the school, whatever it might be. Okay, and we're going to go over to the jungle gym. It's a square-shaped jungle gym and w- when we walk inside of it, that's the portal. Okay, great. Now, what's going to happen, I want you to have a sense that you're going through that door or that portal and there's you're walking down a pathway or a, like a tunnel. It's like a, yeah, I, I, like a tunnel kind of a thing, a okay. roadway, but it's, it's all kind of enclosed, so it's sort of secretive. And you're going to walk down that tunnel and ask, that, ask your child, what is her favorite color? What's your favorite color, Helen? 
He says green. Okay. So up ahead, what do you know? There's a door at the end of this corridor, and it's green, her favorite color, okay? And this is her pathway to her world. And what I want you to do is walk with her, maybe holding hands. You got Chatty Kathy with you? Just go through that door, and when you open the door... This is going to be her world where she's completely safe and loved and can have whatever she wants. So take her in there. And when you open the door and go through that green door, what do you notice on the other side, Helen? It's, it's dark inside. Hmm. Tell me more. Um, it's... Almost like, um, like, hmm. she and I took your words so literally that we went down this hallway, and no one ever turned on lights, no one ever said there were windows, so when they open the door, it's just a, a dark room. Oh, it's dark. Okay, fine. So... You're magicians. Do you want there to be light? You just say, let there be light. Let it bring let there be light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the, the blinds, there were blinds on these big windows, and the blinds just pushed back, you know, magically, and now there's light in the room. So it, it, it doesn't have to be a room for those of you as well. It just may be, you might be in a landscape. You could be anywhere. But for you, it's a room, and the, the blinds are now open. Okay. So look at your little girl. She has... Her, ch- her Chatty Kathy doll and ask her, this is your world. We can create whatever you want here. The important thing that you're creating in this world of hers is, is that safety, is that love. So ask her again, what do you want or how do you want to fill this world? I'm right here with you. How do you... This is your magic world, Helen. You can have anything here that you want. She's pretty excited about that, looking up at me with like awe in her eyes. Really, <laughs> I can really have anything I want. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she can have anything you want. And what does she want? Ask what the, what she would like. Um, she's not sure. She's never been offered that before, you know, what mm-hmm. you want. But, okay, some things were, are starting to come to her. She wants to... Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to go to school anymore. Mm-hmm. Wants to not have to go to school. She wants to be able to be out in the sun playing. Okay. Um, she wants to be. Um, she wants to uh, a, a new bike. Okay. So we know we've she got wants, some. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. What were you saying? No sunlight and a bike. So far, we know mm-hmm. that. You can just fill that, have that there. She may want to play, uh, you know, ride the bike, or she may want to play with Chatty Cathy. No, she uh, would probably put Chatty Cathy in the basket on the bike and take it with her when she goes for a ride, because now she can ride anywhere she wants to go, and she she hasn't seen much of the world. She, she Her imagination has not been uh, sparked at that age, so she, she this is new to her. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, her imagination has been shut down. So this is kind of like waking up. 
So let me ask you this, because she's probably doing what you said on the bike or whatever, but I'm asking you now. What was the difficulty for her as a child? What was shutting her down? And why was there that fast pace you were talking about being pushing? What was um, that all about? Too many people telling her not to be, not to, not to be, um, don't make so much noise, don't be yourself. They didn't say those exact words, but... Those, um, were, the, those were the unspoken up, rules? You're too slow. You're, don't ask those stupid questions. Hmm. There's just a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so when she of... did express her imagination things, um, there was really only one person who who engaged with the imagination. So am I hearing clearly that she just had a lot of rules and she was always trying to be obey those rules and so she was constricted in that way? Very much so. And you talk about imagination a lot, Helen. Is this what this girl is really craving? She would very much like to be able to imagine this magic place. Mm-hmm. And she's feeling like I can have anything and I can't even think of anything. Yeah, well, it takes it takes time, especially when you haven't had it. You have to grow, yeah. grow new neural pathways there. Yeah. Now, when you think of the poignancy, I'm going to use the word poignancy of this child, where she can feel cut off or not connected. What what comes up for you, Helen? And where do you feel for that child? Where do I feel what? Where do you feel? You know, like, say, that heart connection for her. I mean, does it make you sad that she had all those rules, or does it make you... What yeah, are you it makes with? me sad, and I also... I mean, I kind of feel it like the coming of tears in my eyes, but more, I'm really noticing my solar plexus is just... It's almost like I got punched in the stomach. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to invite you, because all transformation really does come with feeling. If you mm-hmm. can, and I'm not going to ask you just to start crying here, but if you do have tears or you do have a feeling about it, or even sinking into that punch in the stomach, just let yourself be with it for a moment. Mm-hmm. And just feel what you're feeling. We're asking you to do two things at once. Feel what you're feeling and then also keep that eye on her. What's happening with her in her world right now? What is she doing? She's holding her doll. She's hugging her doll now. Like, um, almost as if her doll is her. Um, Comforting her doll. And what are you feeling right now? Um, Just this sense of, oh my God, like, it so relates to how I feel right now in the real, I mean, in the real-time world right now yeah. is I have so many, I can have anything I want, and I can't think of what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. It really relates. So is it safe to say that's a part of you that feels frozen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So feel into that feeling of being frozen, I can have anything I want, and I can't even think of what that might be. And what do you notice in your body or thoughts, feelings? It's, it's, um, like it's 
similar to what I was feeling before, which is kind of a teary feeling in the eyes, like, oh, my goodness. And then, I don't know if it's sadness, but then this contraction around my solar plexus. And it has... So I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. That little girl is surrounded in white light. You're gonna. My homework will be for you to come back and be with her some more. Just spend time with her in that world. But for right now, Helen, I want you to sink your consciousness right down into that belly where the constriction is. Okay. And using our intuition, we notice that there's a, a young child in there that's crying. If you go deep into the solar plexus, come in deeper and deeper. Tell me what you're noticing images or sensations so great and I mean I mean she has so much greatness in her and it's just been squashed already by age five Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like it's so sad greatness in her that has been squashed been closed off and discouraged at the very minimum it's been discouraged yes well how beautiful you're articulating exactly what is needed here this child is needing you to be her champion to be the one that will come in and start playing with her on a regular basis Helen so that she can start to exercise what do you want now and now what do you want yes and on top of that what do you want as well as that this has been something that has gotten frozen from that being squashed down place. And she, this child in you has been waiting for somebody to come and rescue them. And mm. you're the only one that can rescue them. So this part you can see is sort of uh, that is frozen in her is still frozen in you. And this is all going to change when you can start to help her to come, become unfrozen. Here's the other thing I want to blurt intuitively here. It feels that because she was so outwardly focused, you as a child taking care of others' needs or seeing to other, you know, trying to fit other people's agendas or do that, what that, others expected. That last one, yes. Yeah, that, that, that just became sort of the way the, the wiring in the brain was, your neurobiology. Yeah. I just, I do what other people say. I, I help other people. I you know, meet their needs, whatever. And she doesn't believe that, it, that she can relax enough to have what she wants. And so my homework for you will be lots of being with her, taking her into this world behind the green door, holding her, rocking her, just reading stories to her, maybe just sitting watching as she's on the floor sprawled out there with her coloring book. But the child is so sweet. She, and, and she's just so sweet and wants those loving words to you. And you've learned today you can acknowledge her by saying you are and giving her compliments. Mm-hmm. But you can also go more deeply as the work continues to start just saying what is so. This is another form of acknowledgement where you're speaking the truth. I know, I notice how you have to keep pushing, that you have to move so quickly. Tell me about that. You state what is true, and you ask a question, and let the child respond. One thing not to do in working with a child is to start telling them, oh, now I know you're going to want a room with, isn't that fun to have a room filled with roses and big flowers on the wallpaper? And No, no, that's all your idea. It's all about curiosity. What does the child want? Mm. It's taking the patience and curiosity to slow down and be with that child and love them. And at some point, when the feelings come and the connection comes and that child 
when you know that child is real and that child knows that you are real, the connection is palpable. And the amount of love that starts flowing back into your body and the connection that's so real, these parts of you don't have to hang out waiting and hoping that somehow you're going to get what you want from somebody out there. You're going to be going in and meeting your own needs and then your needs just start flowing in from the outside world. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Perfect sense of perfect timing. Well, good. And um, I'd love to see this part of you get unfrozen. And we know that that child is so dear. And when you look at her right now, what's one more thing you want to say to her about you know, that you, you notice? And then we're going to close here. I just want to tell her that um, I'm always here for you. I'm Mm -hmm. always here for you. Great. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I would say this for you all working with your inner child. Never make promises to them that you will not keep. So don't say, I'll be with you every minute of every day. No, I'll be with you on Tuesday for an hour, whatever it might be. Just don't make, because okay. it'll really screw up your daily life if you if you don't do that, if you, if you right. start making All right, so when she up. needs me, can I say when she needs me, or just I'll make a commitment to a time? May, well, you can make a commitment to a time, or you can also ask them to sing a, a, a children's song in your head when they when they need you and want you, or maybe just check in. It doesn't have to take more than a minute or two to be with them, but that's a great great way to start. All We're right. going to say goodbye, Helen. Good. We've got three minutes before the show is over, and then we are done for the day. But we want to thank you so much for calling in, and we're very well. We're well. Uh, We are aware of you, Sandy, and Jerry calling from Oklahoma and Michigan. We're sorry we didn't get to you today. You can always come on the call that's following, and we'll be happy to go deeper with this work with all of you. And that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you, Helen. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Maria. And uh, as I say, that's all the time that we have today. And for those of you who would like more information about me and my work, please go to mariadanley.com. That's mariadanley.com. And if you'd like to... Um, if you'd like to, as I say, go further with some work with the inner child, you can just go to legendaryleaders.com and sign up for that free call that's coming up shortly. And I'll be connecting with you in 10 minutes, those of you that are signing up for that call, legendaryleaders.com to sign up. You can also sign up for that weekly telechanneling call in the week before so that you have that information well in advance and to start to sign up for that as well. It's really an honor to be with all of you. I really appreciate the opportunity to have this radio show, to connect with all of you. I know you're all doing valiant work. I'm excited about this year ahead, 2015, this year where more of us will be remembering who we are, the bigger selves that we really are, and incorporating that. So thank you again to all of you for listening to Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling today. As I say, it is truly an honor to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders that you are destined to be. I wish you all a beautiful New Year's Eve, a beautiful New Year's Day filled with love and joy as you start out the next year in this wonderful next year ahead. And until then, I send you my love and my best wishes. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. 
Have a wonderful week.